Amen. You guys can be seated. <clears throat> when we were praying about just the text for our conference this year, that, that passage that we're looking at, it was, it was something that just stuck out to me because, because of this, guys. The next generation, if the Lord were to tarry, which I, I, I'm, I'm really questioning that, <laughs> but if the Lord were to tarry, Guys, we, we, we need to pass on what God has entrusted to us, to them. It's what, it's what David is doing here. It, it's David, after going through all of life's experience, calling his son to his side and saying, look, boy, here's, here's what is going to sustain you in the days to come. And, and we, we need to be able to give what's going to sustain our sons and our daughters in the days to come. And we know what that is. It's, 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 it's not something that, that we possess in ourselves. It's something that, that we obtain from the Lord himself, his power, his might. And I love, just have been a great um, start here. I love, just last night, just with, with Jason, just a challenge to the guys and, and, and here Joseph and, and, and Dion and just, you know, those reminders that, I mean, we can't do this in our own power. We can't do this in out of our just pure grit or manliness. So this, this is something that God has to do in us. And I think one of the, one of the, one of the texts that I've been given, I'm going to ask you to turn back there, 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, there in, in verse 3. Where am I at? I'm in, we're in 1 Kings, right? I got, I got 2 Kings on my notes for some reason, and I went, wait a second, that is way... Okay. Th th think, think about what, what, what Paul is talking... Or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm too far ahead. What David is talking to Solomon and, and what, what he's declaring to him, and he, and he says, Go, I'm going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, prove yourself a man. And then he says this, and keep the charge of the Lord your God. Two, walk in his ways, keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses. Keep the charge of the Lord is his command. It's, it, it's, his, it's his instruction. That word to keep the charge is... It's an interesting word. The word charge means to preserve or to safeguard, to watch. And Solomon, your job is, is, is to take what God has already entrusted to you and not let it go. Don't waver for it. Guard, guard it with everything you got. You see, as, as a dad, Nothing more I desire from my boys is that they would hold on to the Word of God. That it would, it would be the, the, the compass that they use for, for determining, you know, where they're going in life. That the Word of God is what is, you know, the, the, the thing that navigates for them how to live. What to live for, what the priorities of life are all about. There was another man by the name of Paul, who was doing the same thing to his son, Timothy. Now, he wasn't his son in the 
physical sense. It was his son in the spiritual sense. He's, he said, Timothy's my, you know, my, my spiritual son. And, and it was the one that he knew he was going to pass on this whole responsibility of pastoring to. And I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I think it's the parallel passage with what, Saul, what David is doing with Solomon is what Paul is doing with Timothy. He's, he's preparing him for his departure and then, you know, giving him the instructions on how he was to, to stay this course. And it's, in the New Testament, uh, it's, it's the equivalent here. And so if you turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Watch what he says to his young protege, his son in the faith. He says, oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Avoid the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge by professing that some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be to you. Amen. That's how he closes his epistle to this young man. He, he says to Timothy, guard what was committed to you. Don't, don't, don't waver when it comes to the things that were committed. Well, what was committed to him? It was the word of God that was committed to young Timothy. It was, it was him staying the course of you know, what had been entrusted to him. I like how the King James Version writes that passage or de- words it it says old timothy keep that which was committed to you to thy trust avoiding profane and vain babbling and opposition of science falsely so called like i like i like how he he lays that out he says timothy i want you to guard something he, he wasn't there to guard possessions or wealth you see paul paul didn't possess any of that and he wasn't passing any of that stuff on matter of fact it was just a a little earlier in that passage go back with me to first timothy chapter six look look what he had said in in verse nine Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. He says, look, the the, the desire to be rich will swallow you up. It'll create a lust in you that you'll never satisfy. And it'll be the thing that destroys your life. You see, the, the lust of things. Guys, I can't tell you how many men over the years have had a lust for for power, position, for, for, you know, becoming something or somebody, and it, and it just squelched their desire for God because they set that priority over the things that God would have for their life. And he's warning them here. He says, you know, don't fall into that temptation. Don't desire to be rich. Don't make that your pursuit in life. Wealth will never satisfy you. It will never gratify you. No, he's not telling him to, to guard his possessions. What he's encouraging him is to guard the things that were entrusted to him, the word of God. 
the things that were going to sustain him, the things that would hold him. Matter of fact, in verse 11, he says there, look, look what he says there in verse 11, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, and love, and patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. That's, that's what he wanted Timothy to guard. He wanted him to guard the, the things that, that are intangible, the things that, that are, are of higher priority, the things that God would have him to pursue. Matter of fact, there in, in verse 20, and he says, guard what was committed to your trust. Avoid certain things as well. He said, avoid, avoid profane and, and idle babblings. And what he's, what he's saying is, is don't, don't, don't get caught up in, in discussions that, 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 are, that, are, that are useless, vain, that, that, you know, that have no, no, no purpose. As we're, we're in a culture that likes to babble, just likes to talk for the sake of talking. <laughs> Consider things that, that really have no, no means or no ends to it. It just, he says, you know what, avoid those things. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your, your thought. Matter of fact, he's, he's encouraged them that, that you don't, you don't you know, engage in that stuff. Man, put your time in the things that matter, the things that count. He says this stuff that you're to avoid, this profane and vain babbling but he also says in that passage there in verse 20 he says and the things that contradict of what is falsely called knowledge the things that contradict the, the contradictions it is a word that that is Used here is, is the, uh, those things that oppose. It's antithesis. It's the things that 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 you know would, would contradict what God declares. That, that contradict what, what God declares to be true. It's falsely called knowledge. It's pseudo science. That that's that's the picture here. That he's that he's wanting us to understand that that all all, all this other stuff. It's 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 all fake. It's all pseudo. And his encouragement is that you don't, you don't get caught up in, in those things. You don't get caught up in, 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 in the culture and, and the things that the culture's pursuing. And, you know, Dion mentioned, you know, the, the, this, this whole idea of, you know, the, this critical race theory and, and we're trying to divide men by the color of their skin rather than, than the, the, their, their faith and, and who they put their confidence in. Guys, our world's trying to divide us by every, every, you know, not, not only whether, whether you're white or brown or whether, whether you're, you're educated or uneducated, whether you believe in, in getting jabbed or not getting jabbed, wearing masks, not wearing masks, and they're just dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing over things that aren't even backed up with knowledge. They're not even backed up with science. And they're, try, they're trying to somehow undermine it so that we get so caught up on, on, the, on these things that we lose track of what the important things are. Love and faith and godliness. The word of God that, that, would, that would, you know, give us core, the, the, the right direction in, in, in life. And he uses a couple of examples. And I love that he, that he 
calls these guys out in, um, in, 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 a, in, in the passage in, in here where, where, where he just says that by professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. By holding on to, to, to that pseudoscience, to, to, to the, the, these things that are falsely called knowledge, he says some have strayed concerning the faith. And I can tell you, just as an as a observer, as someone who's watching what's going on culturally, I have seen people strain from the faith because they get so hung up on the things that don't matter. In the last two years, guys, a year and a half that, that we've been dealing with this, this pandemic, so-called. We've seen, we, I, I've seen family after family after family, man, that it just have totally abandoned what they want at one point held to. Truth, the word of God. Fellowship, being part of the body. I mean, they, they just kind of isolated and, and, and you know, segregated and, and, you know, living in fear. And you, you just look at that and go, man, all, all of this stuff, because we, we didn't heed the things that God had already warned us about. And I, I think one of the things that Paul is doing to young Timothy is saying, look, you, you, you can't allow this world to dictate to you what right and wrong is, what truth and error is. You've you got to know what God declares concerning these things. And so his encouragement is guard him. Guard him with everything you got. Don't, don't let anything move you when it comes to these things. I, I, I was looking at this age of deception that you and I are living in. When, when Paul, Paul was writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said some words that I think we're just profound. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 11, 1. He says, oh, that you would bear me a little folly. And indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. He goes, look, I, guys, my intent in sharing the gospel with with you is, is that your, your life would be set apart for God. That you would be like that bride adorned waiting for the husband, the, the groom to come and, and you know, have that reunion that would take place, that marriage that would, that would happen. But then he says these words, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. But here's my fear. Just like Satan deceived Eve, that he would come and deceive you. That you would get caught up in this pseudoscience. You'd be caught up in this, this thing that's falsely called knowledge. We're in the information age. You can, you, can, you can get your computer and you can look up any question you can imagine and find an answer for it, whether it's right or wrong. It, it, it doesn't even, you know, that's not even the point is that you, you have the ability to go and, and search things out except for things that are true. Those are being censored. Those are getting canceled. 
And so we're living in a, in a, in a culture that, that is, has this, this access to what we claim to be knowledge, but, but is being kind of knowledge only according to this world's perception of knowledge, not according to God's perception of knowledge. And he says, my, my concern for you guys is just, just as simply as Satan deceived Eve, he's, willing, he's able to deceive us. That's why you and I need to be men and women who have discernment. Well, I hope there's no women here, but men. <laughs> Me dressed up like a man. No, just. But there's, there's, there, there, there's, there's a discernment that you and I need to have. You, 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 you need to be praying. God, show me what right is and what wrong is. Show me whether I'm being lied to or not being lied to. I, I need to hear from you. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. And, and I, I need to know truth according to what you declare. Don't just go along with what everybody's telling you. Because Satan is a deceiver. Think about that conversation he had with Eve that dreadful day. Did God really say isn't that how Satan always opens up the sentence? <laughs> Did God really say that you can't eat of any of the trees of the garden? And he's, he, he just, he just that subtle deceiver because he knows that he's going to go, no, no, he didn't say we couldn't eat any of the trees. He just said that we can't eat of, of you know, that particular tree, nor can we touch it. You see, he just, he just wants to open the conversation so that you can now begin to be manipulated. So that you can begin to, to question the things that God has already declared to you, the things you know to be true. And then pretty soon as you're now pondering those things and considering those things, he just, he just moves you just a little bit. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. And in the same fashion that he deceived Eve, he's able to deceive us if we're not holding guard to the things that have been entrusted to us. I, 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 I am so grateful, so grateful for Pastor Chuck. So grateful for, for the model that he had set for, for Calvary Chapel. I'm so grateful that, that he, he taught us from, from the beginning that... Verse by verse, chapter by chapter, line by line, we're, we're, we're to open up this book and we're to, you know, we're to teach it, we're to study it, we're to read it, we're to, we're to just take the word of God and rightfully divide it. So grateful for the heritage that God has given us. And I would encourage you, man, make that true for, for your own life because if you don't know what God says, then you can be easily deceived. If you don't know what God declares, and, and I, I think this is, this is instructions to, to, to young Solomon and is what Paul is instructing young Timothy. He's saying, look, look, hold on to the things that are true. Don't be enamored by, by the glitter. Don't be enamored by, by, the, by the cool factor. Don't be enamored by all of the, 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 the lights and, and smoke. Hold on to truth. And his, his, his encouragement is, is, is that you would really hold on to the things that, that, that God had declared 
to Moses. They think, think about what he, he uses Moses. He goes, everything that Moses wrote in the law is what you need to hold to. Why, why would David say that? Because it was the guiding force in his life. It's what kept him on the straight and narrow. Even when he failed, even when he faltered, he always would go back and, and he, would, he would have something to hold on to, to correct him in his error, to, to get him back when he deviated. And we, the reality is, is guys, we're mere men. We, we, all, we all deviate in some way, in some fashion. And the only way you're going to know you're deviating is if you're coming to this book and you're saying, God, what are your commands? What are your statutes? What are the things that you declare to be true? Because those are the things that will, that will set me on the right course. It's so interesting that a little earlier in that same book, go, go, go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 with me. It wasn't the only charge he had given them in, in, Tim, in his epistle to Timothy. There in 1 Timothy chapter 1, look what he says in verse 8. Second Timothy, I'm sorry. Chapter 1, verse 8. Okay, I got a wrong verse. It's verse 18. Okay. It's 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. There it is. Okay. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. There he calls on what? Son. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Watch this. Having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hermenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, now they think of it, it's, it's another charge. It's another, hey, this is a command I'm giving you, Timothy. I, 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 I'm committing these things to you. And one of the things I'm committing to you is that you wage the good warfare. You're in a battle. You're, 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 you're going you're gonna to be attacked. You're going to be shot at. You're going to be in the middle of, of raging war. And then he says... Have faith and a good conscience. Have faith and a good conscience. Faith, guys, is, the, is, is having a conviction of truth. You see, I put my faith in Jesus Christ because I believe that he's true. And what he, did, what he, what he declares is, is that he came into this world to pay the price for sin, that he came to free me from the bondage of that sin. You see, I have faith in Jesus Christ. I have a conviction that he's true. A good conscience is not violating that conviction. You see, when you have a good conscience means that I'm not violating what I believe to be true. What I know in my heart is right. And it's faith and a good conscience that, you, that he's once again commending them to. 
to having a, a, a clear conscience. I love it, Dion shared, but when you, have, when you have a defiled conscience, man, you, you now don't have any standing. You don't have any, you, you don't have any boldness because now the enemy is there telling you, you're just a hypocrite. Your conscience has been seared. Your conscience has been defiled. But when you have faith and a good conscience, when you have a conviction of what truth is and then you, you hold to those truths, now you have a standing. Now, now, now you can walk with confidence. That definition for, for conscience, it's, it's sunodesis in the, in the Greek. It says the soul has a distinguishing between what is morally good and bad, prompting to do the former and to shun the latter, commending one, condemning the other, the conscience. And you and, you and I have a conscience, and that conscience needs to be good. Isn't the only way that conscience is going to be good, guys, if we're, if we're pouring right into it. You've got, you got to know truth. You, you, you have to take that truth and you have, to, you have to own it. You have to make it your own. You have to just stand up and say, you know what? I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to veer. I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. I don't even care what other people in other churches are doing. I'm going to do what God's declared to do. Because we're living in a culture that, that is punting when it comes to truth. Embracing what the world declares is right. It was. It was just the, the other day. I, I, I think it was the. I, I, I may be wrong, but I think it was the Presbyterian Church just ordained their first transgender bishop. And you're going, what? What? what, what how, how? How does that work when you, when you pull this book up? How does that work? Well, they they they. Don't have a conviction of truth. And even if they did, they're violating their conscience in order to do what they're doing. And we're in a, we're in a culture that, 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 that is pushing us in that direction. And we, you and I got to make a decision. Am I going to hold on to the things I know to be true? Even if it costs me everything. Because I have a funny feeling, man, that it's going to cost us to stand, to not waver, to hold on to what God declares. I was talking in the break with some of the guys. Have you been watching what's going on in Canada? They're, they're arresting pastor after pastor after pastor right now. And they're not putting them in the, in the general population. They're putting them in solitary confinement because they don't want them spreading that truth to the rest of the prison. <laughs> we might start a revival or something. <laughs> Faith and a good conscience. He mentions two men here, and, I, and, and uh, here, here's, here's where he, he calls out these two guys. Watch what he says. Hymenius and Alexander suffered shipwreck. They rejected truth. They rejected that conscience that, that, was, that was, you know, trying to be the umpire for them to, to, to have them make the right call. They rejected the things that they knew to be right so that they could accomplish their own agenda rather than God's agenda. And it, it's interesting, he calls them out and he says, look, these men have 
shipwreck their faith. They crashed and they burned because they didn't hold on to their faith. They didn't hold on to their conscience. They, 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 didn't, have, they didn't have any conviction that would hold them to say, you know what, I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to buckle. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to go along with what everyone else is doing because I know what truth is. And he says, let me tell you what I did. I had to hand these guys over to Satan. Paul would say that same idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Remember when there was sexual morality inside the church and, and there was unrepentance and everyone was embracing it? He goes, look, hand that one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that repentance may come in the end. And there is a point where you say, you know what, I, 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 can't, I can't participate in that. I don't want anything to do with that. I, 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 you know what, if you, you're, not, you're not welcome to come and, and bring that virus into our Group and so we're going to have to ask you, man, not to be here. Go hang out with Satan where you want to, where, you, where where you're already hanging out anyway. Right? There's there has to be a point point, man, where where we stand up and say, you know what? I'm not going to waver when it comes to truth. And I think that's what he's encouraging young Timothy to do. Could you imagine if Solomon would have heeded his dad? Hold on to the commandments, the statutes. According to the law of Moses, don't, don't, don't wave. Th th think about how this worked in Solomon's life. Solomon, when, when he's going to dedicate the temple, do you remember that, that scene? He's like, God, you know, God comes to Solomon and says, Solomon, anything you want, anything, it's all yours. You just ask it and it's yours. And Solomon says, Lord, just give me wisdom to lead your people. He understood that, that he was in, in, you know, way over his head. He understood that, that he couldn't do what he was called to do. And he says, God, I need your wisdom in order to do what you called me to do. God, that's all I want is your wisdom. He says, you could have asked for wealth. You could have asked for fame. You could have asked for you know, anything you wanted. So and you asked for wisdom to lead my people. I'm going to bless you with all of it. Remember his beginning? And somewhere along the line, he just, he just started to compromise a little. He took that one wife that had foreign gods. And then he took the second. And he took the third. And it didn't take long for them to start whispering in his ear, you know what, if you would just worship my God, my God will do this. And my... And, and, it wasn't long before Solomon was building temples to idols. But it started with just that small whisper in his ear from one of the women that he married that he was instructed not to marry according to the law of Moses. He had warned him, you know, don't take... 
a foreign wife for yourself. You don't, don't, don't go outside of your people because then they're going to sway your heart away from God. And if he would have just listened to God in that instance, then he would have never put himself in a position to, you know, further and further and further wander from that truth. Guys, it, it's, it's listening to God in the small things. It's when God gives you that conscience and, and, and you know, you know I, I, making that decision isn't a right decision. Doing that thing is, a, is, is not a right thing. And it, the moment you violate that, now you've opened up the door for greater rebellion. And to the point, some suffer shipwreck. There's encouragement to, to this young Timothy was, Timothy, don't waver when it comes to your faith and have a good conscience. And that's vital in the days that you and I are living in. That you strengthen your faith. How do you strengthen your faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You want to strengthen your faith? Man, get to know who God is. Make, 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 make it a, 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 a habit. Of every day, every evening, at some time that 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 fits your schedule, and that you sit down and say, you know what, I, I I need to open up my Bible and I need to hear what God would say to me. And every one of these guys have have given that same challenge, and I I don't think we can we can say it enough. Talked to a couple guys this morning. They're saying, man, I I, I begin to neglect reading my Bible, and I just got challenged to start reading my Bible again. And, and let me tell you something, man. If you neglect reading your Bible, then what happens, you start to lose your perspective on life. You begin to lose your perspective when it comes to truth and right, and, and, and pretty soon these other influences begin to sway you. Because those things still speak into your life. Work, TV, you know, radio, I mean, those things are still being poured into you, but you, now you're neglecting what God wants to pour into you. And your faith is becoming weaker. Make sure that you're making it a priority. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And as long as I'm pouring God's truth into me, God's got an opportunity to speak to me. And God knows how to put you right where you need to be every day. Trust me. Sometimes it's, it, it, is, it boggles my mind. Is that Whatever place I find myself in the scripture, God's dealing with me in that situation or that circumstances. Or I'm going to have something I'm going to have to handle that's going to apply to what God had just shown me that morning or you know that night and and it just, it, it just it's just mind-boggling how God uses those things on a daily basis but if you neglect that like these two gentlemen Hymenius and Alexander man you just start to get off course and it's not long before you hit ground 
faith and a good conscience. It was there in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to ask you to turn there real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 4. He gives him one more charge, young Timothy. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance and his kingdom, watch this, preach the word. There was another charge. Guys, don't, don't just take what God has given to you and, and, and hold on to it. You need, you need to, to declare it. You need to share it. Let me tell you something. You start praying, God, give me an opportunity to share what you shared with me today to a friend, to, to a co-worker, to a family member, to, to someone that comes my path, a son, a daughter. God, give me that opportunity. Let me tell you, you're not going to have to make an opportunity. God will give you an opportunity. But if you're not pouring in, how do you pour out? If you don't hear God, what do you have to say? Preach the word. But the word has to, be, has to be actively working in your life. And then I like what he says after that. Watch this. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince and rebuke and exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Watch this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, nor according, uh, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from... The truth and be turned aside to fables. Isn't that what he was saying earlier? Don't, don't get caught up in the, in the idle babble. Don't get caught up in the pseudoscience, false knowledge. And there's coming a time, and I, I, I think we're, we're right at that at that moment in history where, where men don't want to hear sound doctrine any longer. They, they just want you to tickle their ear. Tell me what I want to hear rather than telling me truth. Guys, I, I, I thank God for you guys. I, I know, I think we have 11 Calvary chapels represented here today. And I know that, that, that you guys are here sitting under a pastor that, that's desiring to give you truth. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But understand something, man. Everything in our flesh wants to be coddled. And this world wants to coddle us. And he's declaring, look, there's coming a time in, in, in world history, there's coming a time when, when men don't want truth any longer. They, 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 just, they just want you to tell them what they want to hear. Tell them, you know, you can have your, your cake and eat it too. You can continue to live in sin and you can still get to heaven. And... They never address the issue of repentance and sin. That's, that's tickling an ear. And one of the things that, 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 that Paul is, is writing to young Timothy, he's saying, look, and you have to give them the word. You have to let the word of God has to be declared, convince, rebuke, exhort, 
all long-suffering, but, but don't let truth get lost in the, in the mix. Truth has to be presented. And guys, it's just not off the pulpit that that happens. This happens as you men are out in the community, on the ball field, at the workplace, at the family gathering, that you and I are standing with a faith and a good conscience before God. And we're declaring what God declares. We gotta do it in love. We gotta do it with, with, with long suffering and patience, like they, they add that in there, that, you know, because sometimes we just wanna, you know, pull the Jonah. Walk through the city, turn or burn. Walk out the city thinking, okay, I did my job. No, long-suffering. But there is a command that we're, we're, we're to be standing for truth. And I think when, Paul, when, when, when David is talking to Solomon, he's saying, Solomon, do not waver when it comes to the things that God's declare. And my prayer for us, men, is that we don't waver. Don't waver. Hold on to what God has declared to be true, man. And you will have, I think it's the next, it's the next, it's the next teaching coming up, the next few teachings, you'll prosper in whatever you do. God, God will guide you, man. But you have to hold on to the things that are true. Father, we thank you for, God, your amazing love for us. Thank you for these men, God. I, I know, God, we're here because we long for those things. God, may those things be what is the anchor for our soul. That we would take, God, what you declare to be true and that we, would, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't somehow try to water it down or waver, but, God, that we would stand on what you declare. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness. I thank you for these men. I pray you bless them tremendously. And I pray, Lord, the rest of this day, God, that we would, Lord, just be challenged, God, to be the men that you called us to be, the men of God that you've declared us to be. And God, may you be glorified because of it. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.